0: Just like, I don't know, like why aren't teachers respected? Like, why is that, why is it a problem? Um, like, why is that an issue that teachers face, like a lack of respect?
1: Welcome to Professional Development, Season Two, Episode Six. I'm your host, Victor Guzman.
2: I'm Eric Squire.
3: I'm Tian Sparrow.
4: And I'm Isara Miskun.
1: For today's episode, we have a very special guest, uh, Ms. Simone Armstrong. Thanks for taking time out of your day to uh, to talk with us about this uh, very important topic um, and sharing your insight with us. Um, so. As many of us know, uh, the teacher shortage in California and in the Bay Area is a very real thing. Um, Statistics show that close to 50% of teachers leave the profession within the first five years. Um, Simone, I know that you were once a teacher and we kind of wanted to give you the opportunity to share your insights um, and share your story uh, with our listeners. Um, So we'll start with that. What was your experience in teaching like? Um, And yeah, tell us more about that.
0: Sure, yeah. And I just wanted to say thank you for having me on. Um, And yeah, I taught, so it's been three years since I left um, the field of teaching. Um, I taught for two years. Uh, My first year, I taught a four or five split dual immersion. Um, and then my second year I taught second grade, uh, just general education, English only track. What I liked was my second year of teaching. I think any first year teacher, any teacher knows that the first year is kind of like, I don't know. I walked in blind. I felt like I was walking in blind. Um, And like thinking back to it, I feel like I have like mentally blocked that year out of my mind because it was something else. I mean, a first year teacher teaching two grades and two languages. um, I I don't even understand like why um, split classes exist. But um, yeah, I think my second year was a lot better. I had like better foundation under myself Um, and you know, I got into teaching because I love kids. I love working with kids. Um, And I think that that's what I liked about teaching was the kids. Um, And that was it. Uh, You know, I think everything else with teaching um, is what pulled me away from it. Uh, The system, the structure, administration, the politics that go into teaching. Um, Yeah. So I, I wanna say I had an overall okay experience teaching, um, but there's a reason I left and a reason I probably won't ever go back into it.
1: Cool, thank you.
3: Um, I have a quick question. Uh, Thank you for sharing. I was wondering, why do you feel like so many teachers are leaving? Like, I know you shared your story, but do you feel like your story resonates with so many other people or that there are other factors that are contributing to so many teachers leaving the field of education.
0: So I think that everybody has their personal reason for leaving, but I think that like an overarching reason that I saw with a lot of people who I worked with that left um, permanently, or you know, for the time being, the the profession. Um, I think one of the big factors has to do. With like the structure and administration and lack of support, I think is like such a big element um, that can be found like across schools. Like I don't think we're at, like the school that I was working at. I felt like especially my first year, a huge lack of support. Um, and I feel like you could ask other teachers, other like teachers within their first five years, like if they thought they received a sufficient amount of support to be successful. Um, and I, I want to say most of them are going to say, no, like there wasn't enough support. Um, and so I think, I, I really think that was like the biggest reason for me, um, was I didn't feel supported, um. Not by my principal, um, sometimes not by like other people in my grade level, like my grade level partners. Um and so, like, where are you supposed to go? You know, if you can't ask other teachers, you can't ask your administration for help. Um, and you're new, like I don't know.
3: It's interesting that you say that because I know I felt like that when I actually became a teacher because I worked in education but I necessarily didn't start off as a teacher. I tried to do everything but teach. And then when I did, it was like, I really didn't feel any support or any closeness with anyone. So when I became an administrator, two things. One, students was like, you'll be a great administrator, just not at our school, we don't want you. But two, I came in with the mindset to support teachers and really give them that support. And I know me from personal experience last year, when I took my um, former position, Um, I had the mindset of supporting teachers, but I know that wasn't looked so favorably amongst the other administration because, and I say it again, so many teachers are leaving. So many teachers are leaving mid-year, early in the beginning of the year, and then it puts more strain on the other people involved. And I guess I'm just wondering, what do you think schools need to do in order to fix that?
0: Yeah, I just think that there needs to be a like a more solid structure of support, especially for your 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 new teachers like and teachers that have only been there like between 1 and 3 years. Like I just like as an analogy in my second my my second year I had a new principal at my school and I had run into my old principal And she was like, Simone, how are you doing? How's your second year? And I was like, it's going a lot better. I think, like, I know what I'm doing better. And I like the grade level where I'm at better. And she was like, oh, well, I wish I could have helped you more in your first year. Like, I really wish I could have. And I mean, I didn't say anything to her, but I thought, like, why do you wish you could have? Like, what stopped you? From from helping me and from helping the other first year teachers at your school when you were the principal like I everybody has their things that they have to deal with in their position. But, but being a principal you're, you know, you your teachers are your responsibility and making sure that they're successful with your students at your school um, should be one of your priorities like one of your top priorities. Um, so I think um, I I mean, I feel like this comes from a district level. The district needs to be implementing those kind of like, I don't know what the term for them is, but like those coaches that they have for like the, the teachers that are like first and second years or something like that. That needs to be consistent. Like I know in SFUSD, your first and second year, you're supposed to have like one of those mentor coaches or whatever. Did I have one my second year, my first year? No, I didn't. I didn't get one until my second year. Like when I already knew better what I was doing, when I could have benefited from that mentor my first year. Um, So I think that's just a very simple, I think there's like so. it's like very multi-layered what what needs to change um, in order for that support to be there. But I think just consistent, a consistent system of support would just be like a very overarching general answer to your
1: question.
2: That's, that's very real, that's legit. Um, I think I've definitely seen that happen uh, where schools are like so busy or they hire new, new admin and then they're too busy learning the new role to actually support the new teachers, um, but they're still holding the teachers to the same crazy high expectations. And it's like, I, if it, me as a teacher, if I can't teach you the way that you need to be taught or if I'm not doing my job, I'm not going to expect for you to like, to excel. So I think it's also, uh, it goes the same way for the admin. Like either help me support me in, in reaching your high expectations or uh, set more realistic expectations, or at least don't punish, punish people for it. So I definitely get that. I think another thing that you mentioned was like, and in your case, it seemed like a positive thing, but moving you to, uh, another subject or another grade level, and I've seen that happen with a number of teachers, and well, like, the experience from year one is a helpful, um, asset to set you up. It's like, you, you then have to learn a whole new, uh, curriculum, um, a whole new set of developmental, uh, you know, stages for children. It's, it's that's a big task uh so i think not that that happens to everybody but like that happens enough that i could see that becoming an obstacle and then you just you get so burnt out by constantly having to be in your first year in, in some regards um so no that's that's very real uh so can i ask when you started teaching had you planned on like was education your end of the road Was that like your your big goal i guess or, or was it kind of like something you wanted to try out i'm just curious because I, I feel like that could also play a role um yeah in deciding to stay or leave and if you didn't want to stay then uh, i imagine like the experience would have had to been pretty pretty strenuous to to push you out i guess
0: Yeah, um, I think yes to all of those, all of your questions. Um, Yes, I saw myself wanting to, like when I graduated college, like I wanted to be a teacher, I knew I wanted to be a teacher, I really loved working with kids. I really, I love teaching, like I love breaking things down and then building it up together with like, with your class or with your kids or with your students. and so, yeah, so I was part of the Teach for America program. Um, and so I entered the program with the long-term goal, like, yeah, I want to be an elementary school teacher. Um, and I had done, like, some, like, teaching labs and stuff like that in my university. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw it as, like, a long-term, a long-term thing for me. Uh, but I also was also, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, this can also be a pathway to other things. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, my 50-year career or whatever. Um, but yeah, um, and I honestly, I, this is, like, it's very personal. And, like, when I mentioned, like, my first year is completely blocked from my mind is because it was very traumatic for me. Um And I don't say that lightly because trauma is such a very, it's a heavy word. Um, And so I think that even though there was like literally like a 360 flip from year one to year two, kind of like what I was carrying on my shoulders from year one, you know, you know, trauma lives in your body um, and it doesn't, it doesn't just disappear um, because, you know, things start getting a little better. Um, and so I was still kind of carrying that weight with me my second year and instead of getting lighter, it kind of just, even though second year was better, it just felt heavier and heavier. And I could feel myself getting more and more exhausted, even though I loved my kids. Um, and I felt like I was like, we were together making really great strides. I just couldn't see myself long-term. Like if I was going to continue to feel this heaviness, um, and maybe it was just the school because I know like just showing up to the school like once I was in my classroom I was okay but like in the school in general I was kind of like always like a little not feeling very great um so I think that was a really that was just a really big factor for me um was like those experiences from my first year and carrying that um and I and I had thought like, maybe if I just go to a different school, right? Like year three, I change schools. It'll be different for whatever reason. For me, I just, I couldn't see my, I couldn't see it being better. Even if I moved schools um in, in a, a new fresh environment, I think that I was still would have kind of like had that shadow with me, you know? Um,
2: yeah, no, thanks. Um, and like sorry not to take up more time on this but uh I, like I, I legit cried my first year and and i'm i consider myself a pretty strong person who doesn't like cry very easily um and i was just telling my wife like year two is going better i haven't cried yet uh so no i got you
0: Isn't that funny how I, like, I cried a lot. I'm a very emotional person, but I also cried a lot my first year. And I would gauge, like, how well the year was going based on, like, if second year, like, oh, I haven't cried and it's been a whole month. Like, I'm doing so much better. (laughs) And, like, teaching is the only profession. I've had, like, three different professions since teaching. um, And teaching was really the only profession that constantly made me cry. Um, So I feel like that says something.
3: I think all of us here cried at one point, except Victor, but I think all of us at some point cried. "Um, Squire, yeah, I was, was, you know, last year we worked together and I know that was your first year. And I was thankful for a lot of those BART conversations that we had when we used to see each other and walk to the school, because they was needed on my end too. And at that time I was an administrator. And of course it was like, what I need to do in order to like support you all, because I look at you all as such valuable assets. And being a principal before, not trying to explain like things that principals go to or make excuses for them, it is different because you know you have politics in your own right that you have to play. And I know for me, I think for me, I, I became too nice, too accommodating because I didn't want staff to leave. Uh, but you know, at times I had those crucial conversations. I had to call staff members out, especially when it came to like privilege and those type of things too. And you know, speaking in times of like now, how we need to promote more equity in schools, but it is tough. And I do feel like principals and administrators do need to do more to support teachers because another trending topic in a lot of schools is sustainability, how to retain teachers. And I know like I've been on a few interviews, and that's the number one question that I asked in those schools. It's like, what do you do to sustain teachers? And the same answer is, oh, we give them more coaching, like more coaching um, okay, um, I feel like we have enough coaching, and now you're going to give me more, like, if I'm in the pool, I'm drowning, like, I think you should, like, throw a, like, a a raft or something out there to save me, not put more weights on me, and that's what I feel like they're doing, And, and all the answers are the same, and they don't realize the strain that it puts on teachers and staff members, like, I don't need more coaching, in fact, today, I don't need no coaching, I just need someone to hear me out, understand what I'm going through, understand what I'm feeling, like this is a lot. And I don't know what type of school you had to start, start in, Miss Armstrong, but a charter school, especially a charter school in the ones that we worked in, it's like teaching on steroids. <laughs> it's like, I only slept four hours and you're telling me I have to work till five or six o'clock and be in the building at seven? Like, oh my God, like I don't have a life. And I was wondering like, um, did anyone else ever had those experiences that I know I had. I cried. I I won't even lie to you. And it was like, you know, I don't even think I'm going to make it my first month, let alone 2 years. And I'm wondering like, you know, did anyone have anything different too?
4: Um, I just have to say that I did not cry during my first year cuz I'm fabulous. No. Um uh let's see. How do I say this? I I think I'm going to just just contextualize what I'm going to say by uh just giving you a personal uh why I even became a teacher to begin with it's because there was a need they needed a math teacher they needed a science teacher I felt I filled in that need and I remained in that school Um, but it was what I saw with my with my uh, dean or like I got the support that I needed but other people did not so it's, and, and it's because my Dean was just stretch too thin. She was stretched too thin. Um, she had like, let's see, one, two, three, three uh, first years, first year teachers. And then TAs, we had two new TAs, like fresh out of college TAs um, in her team. And all of the, all of us were new to the school. Like all of us, all of the middle school team last year were new to that school. And she was the only dean in charge of one, two, three, four, five, six teachers. She was just working her butt off, and in the end, she she got pushed out. Right? She was just overworked, and just listening to like uh, Miss Armstrong's story and like uh, Sproul, your own experience um, being in administration, it really it, it really does boil down to administration. Right. If your administration is not hiring enough coaches, or if your administration is not listening to teachers and being accountable to whatever teachers and, and, um, let's say deans are, are, um, their concerns, if they're not listening and they're, you know, then nothing will get done. Or, or, or this teacher shortage will, uh, per, will, will keep on, will will perpetuate. Like it will be ongoing because it really is from up, down, right? To like, If administration is not putting teachers first, not putting parents, teachers, students first, then this is going to keep on being a problem. Teachers are are leaving the profession at alarming rates. I don't know. That's my two cents.
3: If I can make a quick comment, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. For me, I don't think necessarily you need more coaches. I think you just need to retain the staff that you have because the situation that you're speaking of, too, I know when I interviewed at that place, the school was totally different. But of course, too, most of the teachers were veteran teachers that had stock and that been there for a few years. I, uh, one teacher I even worked with back from the East Coast, so already knew that teacher, knew what they were capable of doing. But when 100% of the team on that middle school was brand new, and of course, we had very few that actually had teaching experience, it did put a bearing strain on it everyone on everyone and you know I think about some of the greatest coaches like a Phil Jackson Phil Jackson is not going to be able to go with all his wisdom with all his insight him being a championship caliber coach he is not going to be able to go to one of the worst teams in the NBA I don't even know what team the New York Knicks and turn that into a championship team with what they have I'm sorry I'm from New York I'm sorry but what they have right now, no, he's going to go into a situation where they have something where they have potential. And, and, you know, when it comes to teaching, you do need time for that development, time for you to learn the systems, the lingo, you name it. But one of the issues that especially a lot of charter schools don't do, invest in their teachers for them to want to stay. Like, honestly, charter school teachers, no lie, and Ms. Armstrong you nailed it. They're there to like two, two years, maybe three at best five years, and then they may go into a district school to have that security to become tenure, or they leave the um, profession entirely. So how do we retain and keep staff and keep them there and really cherish them and make them feel like they're part of the school? I think that's one of the questions that many school leaders and administrators have to ask themselves and address because it's just going to be a repeated cycle over and over and over again.
4: See that's the thing that I just wonder if if we are such you know um, assets to school like teachers right we're such assets then why the push out why make it so hard why make it so unsustainable for teachers to remain in that school you know why why how is it so hard <laughs> to listen to teachers for teacher input why is it so hard you know I feel like um, some administrations are, are just are do, do this intentionally or treats teachers as being really disposable because you can, I don't know, um, hire paras or, you know, um, that could help with support. Um, I, I feel like this is so insidiously intentional. I don't know, it, it is my opinion, you know.
1: No, I've been, I've been trying to listen to what everyone has said. Um, And I don't know, I think a lot of what uh, Armstrong, a lot of what you mentioned, like resonated with me because like my pathway into teaching, I don't think was traditional. It was, uh, I applied to Teach for America my last quarter of senior year as like on a whim. If I get in, cool, if not, also cool. Um, I never had envisioned that I would be in this profession for now seven years. Um, And you mentioned that dread of showing up for work sometimes. And I remember that my first year of teaching, I was also a Teach for America member. I replaced a 35 year veteran who had been at that same school for 35 years. So you can only imagine the types of connections she had with families. And at the time I was 22 years old and parents looked at me like, what's a kid doing teaching my kids? What's like, why are you even here? And so I think part of the dread that I felt my first year teaching um, and almost wanting to give it up was, you know, that pressure that a lot of you have mentioned. the lack of support that you mentioned Armstrong, like that's real. That was real for me in my first year of teaching as well. Uh, The one question I have for you is, you may or you may not know that, like they do research and like statistics are showing that less people are interested in becoming teachers. So as somebody who was in the field, what advice would you give to people who who are either considering becoming teachers or are in the process of becoming teachers?
0: I smile. I just smile because like I feel like I was a teacher for two years. So, like, what can I say to people? I feel like that was such a little amount of time. Um, what I think like advice for people want like interested, thinking about becoming a teacher, or in the process right now. Um, I feel like if you 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 want to try this out you maybe you know this is for you um you go for it i mean like don't luck with anything you just got to try i feel like i'm like while i didn't have like the best experience as a teacher I don't regret it at all. Um, it's put me where I am right now. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Um, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing right now if I hadn't had my experience, um, as a teacher, um, I wouldn't be in the Bay. Um, you know, I wouldn't have met my partner. So, you know, there's just a lot of things, things fall into place. They happen for a reason. Um, and so I think just advice, I think, you know, you know, find your core reason of, of like why you wanna go into teaching. Um, for me, it was working with kids. And if, you know, that's your passion is working for kid, working with kids, um, or you see that there, you know, there's just all of this inequality in the school system, which there is, and that's something that you wanna fight, um, then go and just like remember, remember that core reasoning to like why you came in um, and, and let that carry you through. For all, the, for all the mountains and valleys that come with teaching.
1: I, I, you mentioned that you only taught for two years. And so like, not to say that you're devaluing your experience. It almost sounds that way, right? Because you feel like teach two years is so short. But if you think about it, like you did it. You were there, like you, you experienced what teachers all across America are experiencing. So. Just because it was two years doesn't mean that it's any less valuable advice that you could give. Um, I think for me, besides the students, what's kept me in education for the longest time has been the community that I've been surrounded by, uh, people that I've met, uh, people who I've now known for, how long have I known you, six years? Like, time goes by really fast. Five years I've known you. Um, you know, meeting Squire, Mysara, and Sprout uh, through this field, like I agree with you. It's given me a lot of things that I wouldn't have if I hadn't gone into this field or stayed in this field. Um, and so as much as I never thought I would be a teacher, um, and as much as I have my gripes about it, like it has given me everything that I have. And I am appreciative of that, you mentioned that you you wouldn't be where you are now uh, with without having done education. Uh, what what does the future hold for you? Like what well, what are you, what are you getting into now that you are out of teaching? And you said you've done two or three other professions. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, so I can say like after I left teaching. I worked at a nonprofit for a little while, um, and then I became a social worker, um, supporting individuals with developmental disabilities for about two and a half years. Um, and now um, I recently just transitioned into graduate school for speech-language pathology. Um, I'm working on my master's um, to become a speech-language pathologist, um, or as some people know, like, Speech therapist, I think, is like the most common pathway that people recognize SLPs in. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. Um, and I haven't, like, being a speech-language pathologist, you know, there's a lot of different fields you can go into. Um, education in the school system, being one of them. Um, and I get the question a lot, like, what do I want to do um, once I'm an SLP? Uh, and you know, and they're like, "Well, you have like teaching experience. Like you worked in a school. Like you know, that seems like really natural pathway for you to return to." Um, and at this time, I'm still, I'm, I, you know, I'm hesitant. Uh, I still have three years in my program, um, so maybe that'll change once I have some clinical experience, um, working in a school in that position. Um, but I do miss working with kids, so. Yeah, that's kind of, that's where I'm at right now. Um, And I'm very happy. I think like, yeah, being a teacher and getting to work alongside um, speech therapists at school um, was kind of like one of the things that kind of like piqued my interest in the field. So if I hadn't been a teacher, um, I wouldn't have been able to like work with other speech therapists and kind of learn and see what they do. Um, So yeah, for that, I'm also grateful that I was able to get that experience.
1: Education has a long way to go to make sure that we, not only are we attracting quality educators, people who want to be there for the kids, but also like retaining quality educators. Um, I think that that's something that we still need a lot of work on. And I don't know that any of us have the answer on that, but I think Masari, you were mentioning like, teacher voice is important. And I think teachers need to have a, a say. We need to have a seat at the table when it comes to making these high-level high decisions.
2: According to Madeline Will from Ed Week, she put out a report in 2018. 44% of new teachers leave the profession within five years. 44%. Um, it's the attrition rate is higher than that of police officers which by the way is one of uh like it comes with a lot of baggage on that one um there are more beginning teachers than there has been before but but even still it's incredibly high in comparison um the attrition rate for people of color is even higher so just showing how difficult it is. And then the other thing is that the age of professional, uh, of teachers is becoming younger. So um, it's now between 30s and 40s, whereas the average age of the, te- uh, of the teacher used to be 55. So I, I'm just going out on a limb here. I'm gonna say that teaching is becoming more demanding, possibly. Um, it might be okay for some young people to, to do for a number of years, but it becomes fairly difficult to stick it out for a long time. At my school, I've got uh, a gentleman that, that's worked here for a long time and he's like a master in his profession, but I imagine with additional, just, load that is added on for teachers every year that that would become demanding for the typical person for the average person
4: yeah like he is the exception though you know like he's not the rule um exactly like a lot of teachers are getting pushed out like 44% is legit high <laughs> um i don't know i i I wanted to say something about. Um, I wanted to say something about how we're not. Um, but it's already been said by Teon, You know, we're not retaining the, the best teachers because we're not either. We're not um, making or we're we're making this job harder than it should be, or you know other reasons. And, and it shouldn't be this hard. Like one of the things that kind of comes
0: to mind and I don't know this is kind of like my opinion and it might be because like guess I'm on the younger end of the spectrum in terms of like older teachers you know um but I think and and Victor you kind of mentioned this like just in terms of like feeling a pressure like being young um and then parents are like who are who's this this young person like teaching my children um and that just kind of like brings to mind to me that I feel like teachers are not respected um, to a level that they deserve um, by administration, by parents um, specifically. I think both of those two entities, um, in my experience, um, and that like lack of respect um, is very detrimental, um, and. And I, I think, Squire, was funny that you mentioned like, you know, uh, police officers and I know you said that was like a bucket of worms or whatever. But um, if you think about it, like police officers get a lot more societal respect than teachers do. Um, and, you know, I'm, with everything that's happening now, you know, you know, you can't even like verbally assault a police officer without like being arrested. Um, whereas when I was a teacher, I had a parent call me an idiot to my face in front of her kid. Um, you know, so the, it's like, just like, I don't know, like, why aren't teachers respected? Like, why is that? Why is it a problem? Um, like, why is that an issue that teachers face? Like a lack of respect? Um,
1: Here, here's what I think it is Armstrong. I don't know on the parent because I'm not a parent and I would never pretend to be one. Like. Um, I think, and this is gonna be like controversial, but I I will stand by my statement. It's unfortunate that a lot of these administrators are making decisions when they're not the ones in the classroom doing the day-to-day tasks. Um, I, I would be willing to put money on many administrators, That couldn't do the job that I'm doing right now. And I don't want that to come off as like me being cocky. It's just a fact. How are you going to tell me best practices for Zoom when you've never done it? You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to tell me best practices for distance learning when you have never taught via Zoom, via Google Meets? Like, what experience do you have that could possibly lead me? In fact, it should be the other way around. Teachers should be telling you, hey, this is what I've identified as best practices, let's talk through it, right? At the end of the day, they are the administrator, so they get to make the decisions, but going back to that teacher voice is so important, like, I think the respect piece comes from that, that they forget, because to be an administrator, in most states, you have to have been a teacher before, but so many administrators, have been out of it, out of teaching for so long that they forget what it's like. And it's rare to see administrators step up to the plate and be like, I wanna teach a lesson. Let me step into your classroom and do what you do. Like my my math dean did that for me this week. She taught a lesson for me on Monday. Not because I needed extra help, but because she wanted to do it. She wanted that feeling of, what is this like right now? And then we debriefed about it I gave her feedback. She gave me feedback, and I think, you know, that there's power in unity, and there's power in letting teachers feel heard. And I think that, you know, a lot of administrators do it right. A lot of administrators don't do it right, and uh, we kind of need to find that balance. But that—that's my two cents on that. I think people forget. People forget where they started, and they forget how hard it is to be a teacher. Um, but I don't know on the parent end what what the response might be. Simone, thank you so much for spending some time with us today um, and sharing your personal story and your insight on why teaching is hard and why people are leaving the profession. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.